This is The Big Sci-Fi Podcast. The biggest, most fun podcast in the galaxy. We're Adina, Brian, Chris, and Steve, and we love talking all things science fiction. This is season four, but our human adventure is just beginning as we gather around our computer consoles to discuss the science fiction of film, television, and literature. Join us on our quest for fun and fascination as we go where no podcast has gone before. Everyone has permission to come aboard the Big Sci-Fi Podcast, but make sure to find your seat fast because we're taking off in three, two, one. Hit it. This podcast is a part of the Trek Geeks Network. Greetings and hello. Welcome to another episode of the Big Sci-Fi Podcast, the show where we get together with our friends and have really cool conversations about all things sci-fi. Today, I want to get into a really in-depth discussion on one of the most significant, I guess, and influential time travel series of all time, Back to the Future. But before we get into all of that, let me introduce you to my usual host. We are joined by Adina Mignona. Hi. And Steve Merkin. Good afternoon, friends of the podcast. Our other and you friend, guys are Brian. hearing this in the future, and we're in the past. Ooh. So we're time traveling right now. Yeah, that's right. Time traveling right now. <laughs> yes, yes. And Brian, unfortunately, he was doing some experiments, got started in the past, so now he's trying to survey the the area that he's in. We're supposed to get some information from him later uh, in the week, but he'll be okay. He needs to find that 1.21 gigawatts of power. <laughs> exactly. And as we know, I tried doing that the other day, and that's very difficult. I'm certain he didn't 1. take 20, anything from the future. Gigawatts. It's 1.21, right? 1.21? Oh, it's, I could hear him saying it. That's what I feel like. 1.21. Uh, 1. 1. See, now, now that I yeah. said it, I'm like confused. Uh, maybe it's 1.51? I thought it was 121. 1. I thought 121 sounds right to that? me. Okay. 1.21 gigawatts. Oh, you you say it like this. You say it like him. 1.21 gigawatts. You're trying to get back to the future, you know. I love it. That's actually That's really good. Awesome. That's really good. We're gonna have to have you pop in like periodically now with that with that, that impression. It's it's so, it's all comes back from taxi when he was Father Jim. But anyway, they it's gonna okay. Right. So let's let's begin. So yeah, I just want to go around and what what is everyone's experience with Back to the Future? Oh, I loved it so much. I was eleven when it came out, and I wanna say that I saw it in the theater like for my birthday or one of my friend's birthdays. I want to say it was my birthday because my it came out in early July and my birthday is late July. But I don't have any tangible record of that. But I did see it in the theater and I loved it and I've always loved it. My kids love it. That's yeah. good. That's good that they can get involved in it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same for me. I, I saw all three films at the theater as they were released, which was, you know, true pleasure. And um, it was... It was very unique when you're watching mm -hmm. Back to the Future because you, you the 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 title itself leaves you wondering. Wait a minute, are they going back to the future? Wait a minute, there. What is the story? And then to see it unfold was is great. Besides, I mean, God, you you gotta love Christopher Lloyd. He's such a great comedic actor, and and working well with with Michael J. Fox was just really great. By the way, uh, any relation there, Chris, to uh, Michael J. Fox? Or, uh... Unfortunately, okay, as I far just, as I know, uh, no right. relation to him. That's okay. I just was wondering. Anyway. Yeah. I wasn't, when, when the movie first came out, I feel like 
I sort of recognized Christopher Lloyd, but I didn't know what I knew him from, you know, because I was a little too young to really know. I, I probably Taxi was probably like in my consciousness in some way. Mm-hmm. But Michael J. Fox, I knew and loved from Family Ties. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like hearing about hearing his stories about how he was filming Family Ties and Back mm-hmm. to the Future at the same time. It's just it's crazy to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was it was weird because, again, I knew him as this preppy uptight, you know, guy from Family Ties and to see him in a, in a slightly different role. You know, I was 11 at the time. And so processing that was a big that, that whole concept of you're aware of a character, but you don't really you know, know all these things and to see him in such a different role. I remember being like really weirded out by that concept. Yeah. That happened to me a lot as a kid where I'd see someone that I recognized from something and then seeing them in something else. Crazy for me, back to the future. I think I saw it when I was probably 10 or 11, but obviously not in the theater. It was at my Mm -hmm. friend's house and it was just one of the things we do We'd hang out in the morning and we'd watch a movie. We might even get like two or three parts in um but yeah i love the franchise and it's just yeah. i always have so much fun um watching them and i made the mistake the other night of putting one on and i was, I was like okay i'm gonna try and do some work and i put one on and i was like nope that's not a good idea because i immediately you're got gonna watch it. the movie <laughs> you're gonna watch the movie exactly yeah and and i remember it was probably a few years later that i realized christopher lloyd was in star trek three and my mind was, it was one of those, oh my God, I had no, you know, like mm-hmm. I probably knew it because I had seen, you know, Star Trek three at that point several times, but I didn't get put two and two together. I, you know, wasn't mature enough to, to get that. So it was a few years later that I figured it out and it was like mind blown. Yeah. I'm still like, even though I know that and I've known it for a long time, mm-hmm. when I watch the two films, I'm still like, wait, they're the same. It's the same actor. Well, that's how awesome Christopher Lloyd is when you, when you, you know, when you really are brought into two different universes and, and you can look at them and you're like, these are two different characters. That to me is where, you know, that you've got a good actor. Yeah. Yeah. And he's phenomenal. Just so much fun to watch all the time. I mean, to to think of it, because to me, he was always, you know, the comedic actor from Taxi. Mm -hmm. So to see him playing a Klingon and a, you know, intense character in that right <laughs> yeah but then going to see in you know then going to back to the future where he's back to doing comedy it's like okay that's who he is mm-hmm. that's that's the christopher lloyd we know and love but in star trek three so it's good, like though. wow yeah, yeah. He, was, he was really I mean, great yeah he was he was amazing yeah See, it so, always goes back to Star I, Trek. Sorry, folks. Yeah. Don't worry, we'll get back. <laughs> I was gonna ask. So I guess we'll get back this, uh, to the back to the back trek. To the, Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, it was also interesting that they chose the DeLorean at that time, mm-hmm. which was a short production car made in Ireland using a Renault motor and transmission put together by an American executive who ran Pontiac in the 1960s and wanted to build his own car. And, of course, we all know what happened to John DeLorean, the trouble he got trying to keep the company going and the fact that he was arrested for cocaine sales. I didn't which know is that. Why, oh, you <laughs> I didn't, didn't know about yes, the cocaine. I heard yes. that there was a whole oh, issue. Oh, no. But... If, you, if you look at license plates for uh, the uh, DeLoreans out there, you, the most popular one that was out, I remember seeing, was Coke Machine. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes, Jeez. yes. I John did not DeLore- know that. 
Yes, yes. John DeLorean, he was a visionary, and everybody thought this was going to be the greatest car built with great safety features. It was an aluminum body. I mean, the way it looks in the movie, that is the car. But it was built on a on a dream and a hope and a prayer, and he got the Irish government to invest a lot of money into the DeLorean car company, and sadly, like many individuals who want to build their own cars um failure was just around the corner and but the fact that they chose it for this movie was because it was it looked like a spaceship it yeah. was yeah. the appropriate car for this type of, of oh, film i can't and, imagine can you imagine any other car no, no. i no. It, it just it just you need, wouldn't you need work the, to me. The, the wing the door wings yeah you need you know i mean could yeah. you just see they're going we Marty, we got to get into the Chevette. It's the only <laughs> car that will take us back to the future. And you go, this piece of junk, it won't take us to the street corner. But a DeLorean, 88 miles. And that's another thing. Why 88 miles per hour? I think it's just, it to me, that just sounds good. It has a nice mm -hmm. ring to how it, about, 88 miles an hour. How about you take both those eights and turn them on their sides, and what do you have? You have two infinity signs. And I was wondering, uh, is that the reason why they chose? Because eight would have been fast enough, but eighty-eight was. So you have double infinity signs, and it's hmm. like, does that is that the reason why they chose that number? I don't know, but it just it's always made me ponder. I Maybe never our, thought about that. To be honest, yeah. I always just thought it was just like it just has a nice flow. Eighty-eight miles an hour. It just sounds mm -hmm. good. Yeah, I always um, assumed it was just something that was a little past speeds that. People are going to drive, mm -hmm. yet not too crazy, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like not too fast because it's got to, they got to be able to, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Be able to, accelerate. Be able to go to that speed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you got the, uh, yeah. I just, uh, it just seemed to make sense where it was fast without being ridiculously fast. Yeah. Cause they're in the parking lot uh -huh. of, of a mall here in Southern right. California. So it can't be like too crazy. So mm -hmm. I, I feel mm -hmm. like it was more like a random slash practical decision. And Which it's, we, it's, we, we go ahead. I was going to say, we have to get back to that mall at some point in this discussion because I'm so fascinated by it. And I just love I've all the. I've been there. There was a car show about a year or two ago oh. where, where all the exotics were there at that particular mall. And they chose that mall because it was where Back to the Future was shot. Oh, wow. wow. That's cool. So um, here's a, is this a two-part question. What is your favorite film in this series? And what is your least favorite in the series? Well, the first one is a favorite. I think that's, I don't know. I feel like that's easy. I, I, okay. I think that's like the general consensus yeah. that one is um, amazing. And for the other two, it's hard to choose because they're set in such different time periods with different mm -hmm. extra characters that they're, I don't know. Uh, you know, for a while I would have said, that I didn't care as much for Back to the Future 3. But, you know, I, I rewatched it recently because, you know, again, my, my older son is into it. And I was like, no, actually, this is really cute. And I liked the love story with Doc Brown and stuff. So maybe, mm. um, I don't know. Yeah. I For me, it's always been, two is always been my favorite. I like one a lot. And then three mm. is my least favorite just because I'm not a big Western guy. But I do, but I read I rewatched it a couple of years ago and I did like it a lot more. And I do love the love story. And he made I'm a, always a sucker for a love story. If, yeah. And he made a time machine out of a train. 
which is pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> I love trains. Steam Steve? train at that. Steam. For me, uh, it's Back to the Future 1 because it's the first one. It established the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number two, I like the fact that they, they went to the future. But then they reprise by going back into the past again. It was like, okay, we're just going to remake the second, the first film again in the second one. The third one was very unique in the fact that they set it in the old West, which had its own particular problems uh, in the storyline. But yes, you're absolutely right. The the fact that you know uh, Doc Brown gets the girl at the end of the movie that was so nice. It's very sweet. Yeah. It's, yeah. And I mean, his rather than being you know the mad scientist he's really you know the nice guy and he meets the beautiful woman mary steenburgen and mm-hmm. they go he breaks her to the future so he has her you know he he's with her i mean it's it's really nice just it's just like you know how do you able to do everything you can in the 19th century that you had difficulty doing in the 20th century in the first film so but again this is fantasy. This is, you know, don't look for logic here. Don't look for linear science. This is all fun. The fact that uh, you can have your Mr. Fusion <laughs> to create your own energy when you had to steal it from the, uh, who was that again? The, uh, the uh, Libyans, the Libyan Libyans. terrorists. Yes. yes, the Libyan terrorists that you had to steal plutonium from them. You know, it's like, okay, now you can just make it yourself. So. Mm-hmm. But then Which again, I like that. I like yeah. that little. That was great. And that you could just mm-hmm. use kind of almost whatever trash. Yeah, you right. Handy. Like banana was, peels. I love and, that. I love yeah. that invention. Yeah, it's, it, it's the tie-in with the Mister Coffee. <laughs> so well, Mister Fusion. It, it speaks to my like recycling heart because yes. that's always been one of my passions is recycling. And so mm-hmm. here you go. We're reusing our trash. It's like mm-hmm. I loved it. So I love that part mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. And yeah. and really, the flux capacitor has now become part of our. Nomenclature, you know, you know, it's it's part of our our dialogue. So if something is unique or special, it's the flux capacitor, mm-hmm. which you go like, well, a capacitor is just a part of an electronic device that controls voltage. But you put the word flux in front, whoa! Now it's fancy. It becomes, yes, now, now it's, it's fancy. fancy and with exactly. that, and it was a cool, it was it was a cool device in it. I mean, and that's the thing. I and again, I was going back to the DeLorean, the way they built it. It looked cool on the inside. It looked like a time machine, you know, mm-hmm. and that's it. I mean, you 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 think about, if you can, the movie The Time Machine with Rod Taylor from the 1960s, made by George Powell. And that time machine was in the vision of what H.G. Wells thought it was going to be, a, a device with a spinning dial that, you know, generates the energy. But this seemed like, yeah, you know, maybe it could work. And that's what gave it its credence it, it made it okay i'll accept that you've got a time machine with four tires i'll go with that you know and that's what makes the movie so good mm-hmm. yeah i i love um that it seems believable and they make it make enough sense that you can follow it even though it does get convoluted at times well, i think well i, I guess oh, the, yeah. the part the biggest part again not that any of this is real or whatever but the part that mm-hmm. i had the problem the most like the oh, only which is like, one of the questions, which is perfect because I think yeah. we're yeah. on the same page what for some of the stuff. Is like how he's holding this picture and his pieces yes. of his family are disappearing. That like, doesn't happen. No, either it's yeah, they're either there or not. You know, like so. You know, his brother's legs disappear, his body disappear. Like that no. was the part that I 
again, when I was 11 and watching it, sure. As I got a little older, that that one piece is the one that I'm like, hmm. I don't know. Yeah, because if he changed the future, if if the past changed the future, then the picture would be gone, or you wouldn't Instantly, have right. Right. Yes. It's not a little. It's not a continuum of well, only half of him exists. But it was We're almost like stop that right was here. Only half of him will exist. <laughs> it was almost like you know, this is the sands of time catching yeah. up. You know, okay, yeah. we'll go with that. So right, so we'll accept it. You know, for because it's it is just a silly movie. But mm-hmm. if that was the part that I was like. Eh. It's funny you say that because I I've wanted the same thing, but then watching the the Flash TV series at one point I I can't remember when they do it, but they mentioned that somehow when you change the past, it takes time for the timeline to cement itself. Uh, and I like that. I was like, okay, it's it's traveling. So I I buy that for the. It, so, it's not a butterfly. It's more like a sloth moving yeah, I, slowly. You know, I no. want to buy. Well, again, I want to buy it. I want to mm-hmm. buy in. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna try to reason it for myself. Okay, right. from yeah. a quantum mechanics perspective. Okay, so in so there's the uncertainty principle, and part of the like understanding the uncertainty principle is the fact that you can't know an object's momentum and its location at the same time. And when I say an object, I really mean like an atom, you know, or, or an electron or something like that. And so the one of the, the harder parts to reconcile is, okay, so let's say you do take a measurement and they, they call this collapsing the function where like you, now you know where it is, but then you don't know the momentum, but like there's a point, there's the point in time before, you know, where everything is fuzzy and then there's the collapsing. So I'm trying to see if maybe in that fuzziness where you don't know, it's before anything's been solidified, before you've made the measurement, that that's where this is living. Although I still have a hard time with like the half body in the picture. See, it's funny. The half body never <laughs> bothered me. But what bothered me like is that so in part two, when you go back to the past, there's the other Marty. So I feel like so shouldn't there should there be two Marty Martys in the present day when he comes back from the past because shouldn't there already be a Marty who's already living who's lived all of the experience that clearly his family has had and he has had but he has no memory of because he was you know what I mean mm-hmm. well so the, then this is where I, I think we reconcile this by like yeah. having you know little um, like the tree of timelines. So it's not truly the same exact timeline. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there right? is. Yeah. Well, because, okay. So I love the this. original Marty, original Marty, right. original timeline. He goes back and things change enough that when he, he returns to the quote unquote present, when he returns to 1985, everything's different. Yet he retains the memories of a timeline that is, he's, he retains the memories of a different timeline. Mm-hmm. He still has right. his memories. So to him, something still existed that was his memories, but now he's in this new timeline. So that's why I think there has to be, you know, it, it's not a continuous timeline. There's There's got to be multiple. It's a he, branch. It's yeah. branched off. But, as, but shouldn't there still be another Marty, though? Someone who's already living in that time? Well, no, because maybe the one that was living in that time went back and came back to the one that Marty abandoned. Ooh, right. right. <laughs> or, or that he came back uh, after he left. So by coming after he left, you've hopped over a period of time where he doesn't exist in the present until he recatches up with that by coming from the past into the future. But again, mm. folks, I hope you've enjoyed our TED talk about science. <laughs> 
time travel <laughs> is brought to you by Adina, who is actually qualified to have this discussion. The rest of us are all just speculators. <laughs> That's well, all I'm speculating. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, time travel is not a real thing, so I'm speculating here too. Um, but if we ever want to talk more about quantum mechanics, I'll bring it someday. Yeah, I wasn't do, planning like, on I wasn't planning yeah. on going there today, so I'm a little rusty on trying to explain this. But <laughs> the, and, the, and the one thing about this movie that I do like, and it goes back even to the um, Rod Taylor time machine film, is that he takes the time machine with him. In so many movies, the person goes into the future or into the past, and then is retrieved. But how are they retrieved without the device at the other end? So by right by the DeLorean being there, that is the time machine that he's with. And I, I, I thought that was that's good because that that solves that question of how do you retrieve someone from the the past or move them to another time without the device with them. I, mean, I yeah. guess it solves the problem. It's just I just love all the problems it creates by having <laughs> the time machine go with them. Like again, I know Back to the Future Two is not like everyone's favorite, but I love just how many problems it causes by them going into the future and then Biff getting the book and going back into the past. I love all that. So it's like he was able to steal it, steal it, come back to the, sorry, hold on. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. He's able to steal it, go back to the past, give his past self the book and then come back into the future all before Marty and, uh, sorry, Doc. Doc, Doc Brown. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Figure out that it was gone just because it's time travel. Yeah. And, and you know what's really scary is the fact that that future that they went to was a few years ago in real life now. Mm-hmm. That's that was, like yeah. the that's the wildest thing. Did you well, guys did you did you see the um uh, was it on Jimmy Fallon? No, not Jimmy Fallon. It was on one of the late nights in October, October 31st, 2015. Mm-hmm. They came out on stage and we're like, we're in the future, but like Doc was kind of disappointed by our technology. He's like, oh, just cell phones. That's it. You don't have anything else. Yep. Well, here's the other thing is that when he gets to the future, what's the big story? Cubs win the World Series. Yeah. That happened. Right. But playing the Florida Marlins, that can't happen because they're both in the National League together. They wouldn't play against each other. But Yes, it finally did. Ha- and, you know, and there actually there was a story that went around saying that if the Cubs win the World Series, the world comes to an end because it wasn't ever supposed to happen. <laughs> Didn't that wasn't it like 2004 is when it happened? What? The Cubs won the World yeah. Series? No, it's 2000 and eight, four, eight. Those two 2016. Numbers. Oh, 2016. Why did I think 2004? No, no, that was. Huh. That was, I can't remember who won 2004, but no, it was 2016. I know because being a Cubs fan, I, mm-hmm. I I remember that very, very well. I was very happy they won as well. But yes, that's one of the paradoxes in the film because the, the, what what year did the, the Back to Future 2 came out? It was 1989. So mm-hmm. yes, by the time the Cubs were still a terrible team, yeah. but beloved mm-hmm. by their fans. From all Chicago. Now, what's really interesting, too, is when you're saying about, like, time machines going with you, mm-hmm. which is in Star Trek, the way they do it. I didn't say it. Right? I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm glad, I had to do it. I love well, it. I'm glad you're bringing it in. Well, because when you, when you think about that whole, you know, so 
This movie, Back to the Future 1, came out in 1985. Mm -hmm. 1986 is when Star Trek 4 came out. So I I don't know, just that whole concept of taking the time machine with you. I I don't know. For me, that feels like the baseline, that that is the baseline method of time travel in science fiction. Mm Mm-hmm. And that whole concept of sending someone and pulling them back, Mm. I feel like to me, that's the unusual thing where the take, you know, sending that, you know, you go with the machine to me feels like normal because they did that in Star Trek several times. Yeah. With with Doc Brown's ship, by the way, Mm -hmm. which I love. That's true. Right. That is true. That is true. Yes. Who knew? Yeah. Well, in the 1960s, <laughs> there was a TV show called The Time Tunnel, where oh, time two tunnel, characters, the two main characters get fall into it and they're sent into the future and they constantly or in the past, whatever the case may be, and they're able to manipulate them in the present by moving them different events in in, in history or whatever. And again, you had someone manipulating their movement from afar but that's again Mm -hmm. erwin allen television which was monster of the week so you know you can't really but but again it's it's been used i mean even even in tos Mm -hmm. they traveled but they took the yeah but they took the ship they took took the ship with them them. right most of the time Mm -hmm. most of the time oh that's true not all the time uh, i was gonna say Mm -hmm. all right i was about to say guardians of the galaxy the guardian guardian of forever i apologize that's true the guardian of forever and then the what was the one with the library of tomorrow is yesterday oh tomorrow is yesterday where like spock goes back to one time period and kirk and mccoy go to another one uh, through the library right because they're trying to get everybody away from the planet yeah yeah, yeah, it's about to go supernova, or it's that's right. true. There were several times in yeah, original so, series that they did not mm-hmm. take it with them. That's true. Exactly. Okay, well, never mind. But, but it's that's... so cool, though. Like it's still, but it's also just unique that it's it's a car. It's mm-hmm. it's a yeah. thing, and it's again, it does not so. He's not using like future. He's using future futuristic technology, but it feels like he's making it out of everyday parts, and so you mm-hmm. kind of it's a cool vibe. Yeah. Um. Now, one question I did have, how do you feel about the exposition in the first one? Because to me, I think it's perfect in that they establish so much that you have the person outside of the clock tower who's raising money for it. And he's Mm -hmm. like, remember what happened 30 years ago? And then the way the parents explain how they first met at the dance Mm -hmm. and how that whole thing worked out. Those are all the Chekhov's guns. Yeah, it's like, but you you're getting all the information you yeah. need, but it doesn't just feel oh, like someone's sitting down and like, yeah. here's all the exposition I have to get through, because it felt organic, and that's mm-hmm. sometimes a rarity in TV shows or movies, especially if they are dealing with like really hard, like sci-fi time travel. Mm-hmm. Stuff. No, I thought it was. I thought that was great. I mean, like this is a great example of I think how to do that, and. The movie is just under two hours. So I think we were talking not too long ago about the length of movies and that it's okay for, you know, movies to not be too long. So just under two hours is a great length. Look what they were Mm -hmm. able to do in it. It's such a good, yeah, it's a good length. They come Mm -hmm. in, they tell the story, you get to know the characters. Everything you need. Everything you need and then you're out and you don't feel like you stay too long. And then they clearly set up for the sequel. (laughs) Mm-hmm. At the so, very at the very end, yes. Yep. I'm trying to remember. Was it meant to be? Was that meant to be a setup? Like, were they planning on doing the other two 
So right who, after? who knows who knows when or where they're playing? Well, I'm sort of sure someone knows, uh, you know. But but the the fact that the way they left it off was a satisfying ending, yet perfectly open for okay, we can have another movie. Um, it was just kind of the best of both worlds because. I'm sure, I guess, at that point, they knew they wanted to do another movie, but who knows? Maybe they didn't know if they were going to budget or who, who knows what. So it was a because if if the second movie never happened, OK, you don't get more, but you still had the conclusion to what you had. Right. You know? right. It so seems more perfect. like it, it was, was like almost not a joke, but like, we got to do something about your kids. Right. It could have been. Like, right. Exactly. It could have just been, been a funny gag at the end. Yeah. But then it's like, oh, it's actually a, a real it movie. Could, so Right. Like it mm-hmm. could have gone both ways, which is just, that is perfect. That's perfect. This movie is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Then you have the one time paradox in the story, which is Marty McFly knows about rockabilly music in the future. He goes back in time, plays it at the the high school. uh, Mm -hmm. And then the guy goes, hey, you got to listen to this music. And all of a sudden, like, did. Marty McFly invent rockabilly, mm-hmm. but he knew about it from the future. Well, how could he know about it in the future if he invented it in the past and it didn't? Yeah, because of the different timelines. Uh-huh, because again, exactly. when he That's... gets back to his future, when he gets back to 1985 at the end mm-hmm. of movie one, it is not the same 1985. He le- it's clearly not the same 1985. He left. It's, it's all different. So it's not his 1985. He went to some other branch of 1985. He had to have because he still has all of his memories from before. Right. He's mm-hmm. the only one who does. And Doc mm-hmm. Brown. Yes. Doesn't, yes, Doc Brown. So the because the only two characters well, they go. But no, Doc Brown doesn't have the memories of the original. Doc Brown has the knowledge of from when he came back, you know, when Marty was back in 1955. Ah, uh, you're right. You're right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Which is also that's a subtle difference. That's a subtle difference. Because mm-hmm. then you know, well, he he knew he he did invent the flux capacitor before Marty showed back up in the past, remember? Because he hit his head on the toilet, yada mm-hmm. yada. So so he still went on to build the time machine, but he went on to build it knowing that it was going to be used and Marty was going to come back. <laughs> right. So did he always know? Like at the like, can we just assume that it was like one of those things where it was always meant to happen? There was no 1955 where, the where Marty start? didn't. Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. Again, there's but, lots yeah, of paradoxes. Here. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah, then that's that's the be- that's the beauty and the and the complexity of start of time travel stories is that you get this, and it's going to be it's in all of them. The mm-hmm. you know how does the how does the past affect the future when the future is affected by the past? Yada yada yada. But that's okay. It's all fun. It's all well, fun. One question yeah. I've always had, which I just think is the most interesting thing, is that they both parents become really good friends with Marty. They all like Marty. And so isn't there a little bit of a, hey, honey, what's going on with our son? He looks like that guy we used to know in high school. So how does that I, get explained? I away? have an ex- Here's my explanation okay. for that. Okay. Here's my explanation for that. And, and I, this, now I, this might not be the most original explanation. Cause I, I feel like I've read things like it. Maybe even it's possible. I've even read this in the context of this movie. So if anyone's been like, Oh, I read this somewhere else. I'm sorry. I, I didn't, you know, it's just the fact that human memory is that bad. Like, seriously, I was thinking about something the other day. Um, where I can remember 
someone's room in their bedroom from 30 years ago, I can't remember their face. I, it's been 15 years since I've seen this person. I can't picture, and I've not seen a picture of them, or I can't remember their face for the life of me. And yep. I, I think really people's memories are that bad. Yes. That's why right. we have photos to help yeah. to jog our memories. Secondly, what character, what was his name in the past? Calvin Klein. Yeah. Right. So they would have had, they would have said, oh, I knew a guy. He's funny. He looks like you or reminds us maybe. of you. Yeah. Maybe. And his name was Calvin Klein, even if they did. But so many 30 years have gone by. Or you're right. Mm -hmm. And in 30 years. And they don't have a picture of him. And it's not no. like they have this. They don't have Facebook or any like social no. media. So they can't just right. look up and be like, wait, did we like, where are oh, some yeah. of the pictures from that night? You yeah. Know, right. and I have an old photograph here and there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it, it's that that that's very plausible and very understandable why they didn't remember him. But of course, everything is completely changed in the future in favor of mom and dad and son mm -hmm. and girlfriend and everything is good because, like you said, Adina, this could have been a standalone uh, film. And if they wanted to, all they had to do was cut off the very end of the film mm -hmm. if there was not going to be a sequel. Or not, or just leave right. it and we're done. Yeah. You know, so if, yeah. if a sequel yeah. mm -hmm. never happened, we'd probably be sitting here saying, Oh, it would have been kind of cool if they had done a sequel someday, you mm -hmm. know, whatever. But it's okay that they didn't. But if you know, it would have been okay if they didn't, but they did, and that's cool because I've I've always said that about interesting the movies. <laughs> Star Wars A New Hope. It was a complete film. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It didn't have to be a next movie if there was no successful it wasn't mm -hmm. successful, it was a complete film. And that's what you know. You can plan for a sequel in a film, expecting it, but then you also can make it where it's yeah. just standalone. Or, or even the film The Terminator. They leave you hanging, wondering what the future is going to be. And they left the door open that if it was successful, they did have it or it was a complete film. And yeah. that was fine. Which I like. I like that. You know, when they do mm -hmm. things like. The hot, you know, the Lord of the Rings is a little bit different because it mirrors the books, and we we knew about mm -hmm. the books. But the Hobbit, turning the Hobbit into three films, oh, that was a bad. That choice. was painful. That was that, that was, was terribly painful. Right, right. I saw and it you because it was in the theaters, and yeah. that was okay. What are we going to do? Well, it's out right. this weekend. We might as well see it. There's nothing else out, but but it's it's incomplete. It, Each film is incomplete without the others, and that's annoying. That's annoying. I find that annoying. Well, they, yeah, that's where yeah. they get you locked in. That you. You, you gotta see the next movie. Well, and again, we do that. One... On, we do that on TV shows as well. You know, they they mm -hmm. have the, you know, the spoiler at the end, like, oh, mm -hmm. what's gonna happen to them, the person, you know, and, and you gotta you gotta tune in the next season. You know. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it was just it was good that it was, um, yeah, that like you can leave it even if you don't see the other two movies, you can feel like you're satisfied. Mm -hmm. You've got a complete yeah. story. Um. But it's the thing that I think is so crazy is just how little sleep that Marty gets. If you think about everything that happens in the three movies, I think he he has one good night of rest, I guess, when he gets back to the present and then immediately goes to the future and then back to the past and then back to the past again and then back to the other past. Adrenaline. <laughs> yeah. But I got to see a very special version of Back to the Future 2 when my wife and I were in France in 2019. We're just sitting here flipping the channel, flipping the channel. And what comes on? Back to the Future 2, dubbed in French. Oh, that's oh, fun. That's kind of cool. <laughs> so 
The pacing of French words. Does Je not suis fit. Marty. Wait, no. Oh Je suis God. Calvin Klein. <laughs> yes. We were, we were just laughing, watching it, just seeing that the words, you know, it's it was bad enough for the Japanese science fiction film, but this, the language did not fit the mouth movements any way, shape, or form. But it was fun to watch it in French. Same cool. movie, but yeah, seeing it in a different, how it's presented in a, another country. When I was, of course, everything for me comes back to Star Trek Four. When I was in college studying German, I managed to get a copy of Star Trek Four dubbed in German, which was great. And especially learning a language when you know what they're supposed to be saying, it was, it was mm-hmm. awesome. Oh, I tried yeah. doing that with Independence Day. I was like trying to learn Spanish. I thought I'll just watch it in Spanish. And oh my gosh, I didn't get very far <laughs> in it because I was. <laughs> it was fun though. It was cool. Was I, it dubbed I, like, in Spanish? Was it dubbed oh, in Spanish or did it have subtitles in Spanish? Oh, you know what? I think I put it on subtitles. Okay. Or I oh, put subtitles yeah. on. So it was different, but it was still like, it helped though. It was just like, okay, this word probably means this. I know what they're saying. I can hear them saying it. And mm-hmm. I know the dialogue inside out. Um, But yeah, mm-hmm. I've never, I should actually see Here if I go. could try watching. Uh... Retour vers <laughs> le futur. I can't, my French is terrible. My French pronunciation is like the the worst, but I've been wanting to do this. I've actually been meaning to like, look for like that Star Trek movie again in German and and look for these things, especially now I'm trying to learn Italian. I got to do this. I got to find some Star Trek in Italian. That'd be cool. Yeah. Wow. Ooh, French lesson. Learn French with a movie. Very specifically. Oh, Oh, that's kind of cool. And so, yeah, that that's exactly what this is. It's, it's a clip of from back to the future. But it's um, specifically learned French with a movie, so it's got French and English subtitles in it. Oh, that's ah, pretty cute. That's a good idea. I need this in Italian. But isn't that true of so many people who move to the United States mm-hmm. and learn our language from watching From watching television. TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I was in Germany, uh, it was fun to, like... But again, we didn't spend a lot of time, you know, my mom and I were, we were out doing things, but when we were at the, you know, various hotels and stuff a little bit, um, seeing the Simpsons dubbed in, I remember specifically seeing the Simpsons dubbed in German, which was, that's always fun. I would love to hear a German version of Homer Simpson. That it would must be hilarious. German Homer Simpson. See, I'm I'm on the Google while we're, (laughs) I should put away, here you go. Uh oh gosh, there's there's a lot, there's a lot. So just Google, you know, on YouTube or just YouTube German Homer Simpson, and you'll get a lot of interesting things. Okay, so just as a tangent, a friend of mine showed me a YouTube video of this gentleman who would say a phrase in English, French, Italian, and then German. And the German always came out like he was ready to punch somebody in the nose. Mm-hmm. Right. German is the hardest sound very yeah. harsh. <laughs> the French was always so, you know, romantic and the Italian was so flowing. And the mm-hmm. German sound like he was running a garbage disposal. <laughs> right. yeah. So are there any things that you don't, that just really rub you the wrong way with Back to the Future? Any of the movies? Even though we're basically saying it feels like it's almost like a perfect movie, especially if we're looking at one. So can we can we just can we just jump to what what we know what oh. you're getting at? <laughs> or yeah, but also the like not just that, but yes. Well, well, so so the two potentially problematic right. parts is one, 
that whole con you know like we're all like a little raising our eyebrows when marty's mom is hitting on marty yeah <laughs> but it's That's a- but this is where it's like it is a comedy you know it so it's it is a comedy and that's easier to kind of get over just because she doesn't know it's her son because right. how could it? Right. But right. when it gets to uh, um, the fact that is like George is a peeping Tom, it's a little. But that's it's it's very I don't know. Again, I saw this as an 11 year old mm. and it was like I was aware of that concept so I don't know. I don't remember. It's like, again, it's not, it is not condoning this being a good thing. It's acknowledging right, okay. that, that people sometimes do stuff like that. Right. Yeah, and, and to me, that's, that's a different, you know, like that's one of the hard things in TV and movie these days when everyone's very concerned with everything in TV and film seems to like, everyone wants and expects them to be role models. Mm. And it's like, no, they, these are not necessarily role models. These are just, you know, for everything from caricatures of people to just showing the imperfections and everything. So, like, I didn't watch it and think, oh, okay, they, they're doing it in a movie. That means it's okay. Like That means it's something you should go off and do. Right. And... No, yeah, I, I feel like saying, most people yeah. don't think like that. Let me ask you this question. In Star Wars A New Hope, when Leia gives um hot uh, uh luke a kiss on the lips Empire and says for luck. Mm-hmm. no you know oh, they're... oh for the good luck oh yeah. yes and so good luck you go yeah. oh well she doesn't know that's her brother she's kissing and he says to han in in the million fucking see you think like a girl like her and a guy like me no but yeah. he's like he's hitting on his own sister we don't know that when we're watching mm-hmm. it but mm-hmm. we find later on that they're brother and sister and you go yeah that's kind of weird yeah I mean, that's a little strange but it's weirder in empire when she does the full-on kiss and it's like they knew that they were going to be revealing in that movie that yes day. yes that's right and you <laughs> go, sister. Even though that no, was no, they, didn't, kiss. they didn't really reveal it they hinted at it oh yeah. right you're right in yep. movie two they revealed uh-huh. it for real in movie three but they hinted so at you, it in movie two. So when you see movie three and you start thinking about movie one or mm-hmm. movie two, you go, yeah. Also, it's like <laughs> also, that was a spite kiss, too. Yeah. I was just like, hey, Han, I'm going to show you something. You're going to be real mad about this. Yeah. I don't like the way you're behaving right now. Yeah, but Luke's all like, hey. He's just like, goes, yeah, yeah, look at me. <laughs> yes, that's so again. In, but it's even less more in in Back to the Future because she has no idea who this mm-hmm. is. But her character had a propensity to fall in love with somebody who was injured. If it was going to be Marty or it was going to be George, mm-hmm. his father, it was going to be somebody. So that's where they had the fun juxtaposition. Now he's got to now he has to figure out a way of getting his mom and dad together because if they don't get together, mm-hmm. Marty doesn't exist. exist. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so that's fun. the. Yeah, that's the fun part of the story is this, you know, trying to trying to hook your parents up when they don't like each other, don't really know each other. And as you can see, just how awkward his dad is and like, now how how is this going to happen? How is mm-hmm. this going to happen? And that's that's the fun of watching it unfold to that point. And then, of course, in the future, everything is much better for them. Mm-hmm. Except when you go to movie two and you have this horrendous family together. 
of all the various family members all played by Michael J. Fox. Yeah, which is that was funny. It's funny, but it's like, okay, this is this is a choice, but it's also just a it's it's a cool gig. Like I've always wondered how that works where and I get it works and it even Trek does this too to a degree where it's like all ancestors look like their um not their ancestors, they look like their future selves. Yes. Because it's all the actors playing the ancestors. And so it's cool, but it's a little strange sometimes when it's like, oh, all Biffs are going to look like Biff. Mm-hmm. Biff yes. Riff, and I don't remember who the the Biff, what the Biff is or from Back to the Future 3, what his name is. But in, in the context of that kind of a movie, it, it's it's oh, perfectly fine. It right? it's, yeah. it's, it's meant to be a little humorous. So obviously, you know, it, obviously it works. Yeah, to. I think it's yeah. like it's just meant to be humorous, but it's also just meant to so you know who the ancestors are and yeah, like the it helps keep it helps keep right the continuity the, of, of the, the character, so we're mm-hmm. not confused. Yeah, and like even little things like the fact that they always like every and that's not really a little thing, but the fact that every movie has a chase by with Marty being chased by a Biff mm-hmm. in the town square. Well, that's it's just like it's just yeah, like, that's fun it's too. A, it's a clever mm-hmm. little fun like oh yeah yeah I remember that. And who in the world would not want to have a hoverboard? Oh, I want that. That might have been one of the coolest things you can see in the film is a hoverboard. You know, it's a surfboard. I mean, it's a skateboard and it's a flying machine. It's like, yes, that's what the future is supposed to give us hoverboards. Well, sorry, folks. No hoverboard. Well, actually, we do have. Well, we have, you know, those those boards that like that are, ter- like, are really wheel. terrible they- that everyone falls off of them. And yes. I imagine to me, like, unless you've got some good stabilizing brakes or something, I imagine the same issues with the hoverboard. Yeah. Like no one's staying on those for like more than a second. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that hoverboard. I love the color pink like that. That pink on the board is just the best thing. And I love that's what I also I love about the future is that it's just so bright and so much neon. I'm like, I love it. Well, that was that the 80s projected. I mean, like neon yeah. is all like eight 1980s. That's 1980s right. projected mm-hmm. into the future. And I, I watch the little lights on the sidewalks. I'll show you a picture of me in my fifth grade class photo. I have I'm wearing a the brightest neon pink vest like that ever existed ever. <laughs> oh, we need more neon. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. We had uh, that. Been there, done that. We don't. Need- I haven't been there. <laughs> I haven't done that. I've seen it. It, no, wait a minute, but that back. still doesn't compare to how bad the clothes were in the 1970s, okay? Gosh. Leisure suits, collars out to here, ties, you know, three feet wide. No, no, no. Okay, I can fine. accept I can accept everyone wanting to look like, you know, Julie Brown or, or Madonna or something in the 1980s. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, but... I had an arm full of jelly bracelets. Oh, my gosh. Because we all and, did. And, and, and was one one uh sleeve pulled down over your your, your mm-hmm. oh, yeah. shoulder oh yep. yeah mm-hmm. yep yep flash dance thank you for setting a better clothing than in cyanide fever thank you okay we've we've gone off tangent again sorry about that folks right. <laughs> where were we we were talking about the problems yes in- oh yeah the problems yeah, yeah the problems and then i feel like yeah we talked about like the the sexual assault we talked about that before the show. Before, before we the show. T- today. Yeah, we can bring yeah. it up now again. Yeah, because yeah, I, I felt like I got to, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong on this, and I might be. It's very possible that I was like being too sensitive. Like, it seemed to me like it was just, oh, he's standing up for her, but it's, you're glossing over the sexual assault. 
but you guys feel like, oh no, it wasn't actually glossed over. It was shown to be, yeah, this is actually pretty serious. <laughs> yeah. And Griff is not, a, or Biff is not a nice guy. Yeah. Well, no. and I, I'm going to say as someone who in the real world, I'm, oh, I've spent my entire adult life being worried and concerned that something like that could happen. No, I, I didn't feel like the movie was glossing over it. I felt the only thing that I, you know, is that always bothered me a little bit, but I, I understand it in the context of the movie and the time period that it's set. And this is a, something that might be different if this movie was made today is when I first saw the movie, I'm like, why isn't she kicking him? Why isn't she kicking? Why can't she kick him and try to like really like kick him in the place where you're supposed to kick people? Mm -hmm. um, why isn't she doing that? Mm -hmm. But the movie needs George to save her. So I understand that, but I feel like that's the thing that might not fly today right. is, you know, she, who's, who is doing the saving, you know, is the woman <clears throat> like the princess need to get rescued or is she rescuing herself? That's kind of the the thing. But I always felt that that was always like uh, people have, to me understood that was uber wrong. Biff is an uber bad guy. Uh, I don't mm -hmm. feel like there was any softening of that ever. Mm -hmm. At least that, that's my opinion. Right. Yeah. I agree with you, Dina. And again, it, it it had to take George to that point that he, you know, his inner strength came out to protect this woman that he loved, mm -hmm. you know, and, and mm -hmm. that then she again realizes, oh, he's the perfect guy or he's the guy, her, her knight in shining armor who comes mm -hmm. to save her. So yeah, back then it was, acceptable it was right today no i don't think that that storyline would work as acceptable well acceptable or right for the man to do the saving versus right. her mm -hmm. trying to yes that that right. that part not the fact that she's getting assaulted <laughs> no and yes. and if she defends herself and he assists her or helps her mm -hmm. and they find that true love because they both work together against a common foe that could that's how you could re have done it mm. to a more modern sensibility of well, the two working together or or here's how i think it could have worked if it was being filmed today so she just doesn't in in the initial moment she doesn't get the leverage to like say kick him in the the place where you oh, kick people right. mm -hmm. he comes he tries to save her but he gets knocked out <laughs> then she does get the opportunity to 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 do her thing she knocks Biff out, and then she is now goes, being the Florence Nightingale, the to nurse George to, to George. comfort him, and then that whole I'm falling in love with the guy that I'm taking care of. Yeah, so that could that could have worked today. We don't right. want to start rewriting novels, you know, <laughs> and and making them more current, but mm -hmm. it can be done. It can you be. Could, it can be done. Love to but see this is like fine. A, like this is fine. Yeah. The, the mm -hmm. movie is fine. This doesn't need to change for that. No. Oh yeah. No. Like I think yeah. like it's always the context of the time, and I think I would love to. I would be curious to see what a remake is, but or what no. it would look like. No, no, no. Oh, okay. There's there's enough like remakes and things. Mm -hmm. I just recently saw the Little Mermaid live action thing, oh, which is really what did you cute. Think? Hmm? What did you think? What did I you liked think? it. It was really okay. cute. There's one scene that I was like. I think there needs to be more emotion in this scene. You know, when the when her uh Ariel's dad destroys her like little enclave, uh, you know, of of human memorabilia. Mm -hmm. She the emotion she had in that scene wasn't like enough. You know, like she should have been like more distraught and upset. Other than that, it was a great movie. I loved it. I thought it was really cute. Yeah. 
But anyway, my point being is, is there's a lot of remakes out well, there. there are a lot so of remakes. I'm yes. not, I don't want to encourage anyone to do more remakes. Make more, make more newer things. Right. I, that's always the proper attitude. And yes. even the people who remake it, who owned it to begin with, such as the remake of Pinocchio by Disney, is terrible compared to the original cartoon. Hmm. I haven't seen but that the, one. But the remake of Wendy and Peter mm-hmm. of the Peter Pan story works very, very well. Again, updated mm-hmm. to a modern sensibility and still very, very good. So it doesn't, you know, even mm-hmm. the people who are the holders of the flame don't always get it right when they sure. do their own remakes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I think... Yeah, I mean, as much as I'm curious about it, it's just better just let let's let's leave yeah. this alone and let's just tell and new enjoy stories. It. Mm-hmm. I think and we're share now... it with our kids and enjoy it. And yeah, because I really, if you remake it, it, then people now do not get to enjoy it the way it was originally. Yeah, because they'll compare it to the. Yeah, no, you're right. That's true. Mm-hmm. One the one okay. thing I will say that I think is just so interesting is if you guys ever watch the show Fringe, when. Uh, the main character, I can't remember her name, Olivia, goes into the alternate universe. There's uh, a movie theater that she walks by, and it's like playing Back to the Future, but it's with Eric Stoltz. And I think that's what the <laughs> is. Was like, okay, well, what I only happened? learned about that yeah. recently. That's great. The Eric Stoltz, that Eric Stoltz was originally going to have Marty, Mar- uh, you know, Michael J. Fox's character. Mm-hmm. That's there's funny. A, there's a really good, uh, there's a show on Netflix um, the movies that made us, and they did a oh, whole episode yes. on Back to the Future, and that's that's where I learned about that. Yes, that would have been a wholly different movie. Yeah, would not have yeah. been a comedy. Not in the same yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, and no, I, I that's actually a very good series on how they make how mm-hmm. movies evolve from concept to completion, and how during the work the process it evolves into something maybe it never intended to be in the first place, especially a film like Die Hard. It was not supposed to be what it ended up being, but it ended up being better than it was going to be to begin with because of the changes they made in during production. So, yeah. But yeah, the Die Hard one was cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. But um, any final thoughts on Back to the Future before we uh, wrap it up? Well, My only thought is the name alone, Back to the future, back to the past, going to the future. It was always a cute little tie-in of the two together. Kind of confusing, which has left you wondering about the movie when it came out. Back to the future was an in, it 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 was a it made you want to see the movie because you wanted to find out what that meant, and you found mm-hmm. out. And again, it has a it just has a nice ring to it. it just sounds. Mm-hmm. I guess it's also because like that's what we grew up with knowing that that's what it was called. Mm-hmm. But to me, it just sounds right. Like mm-hmm. Back to the Future. It's perfect. Yep. Yep. Adina, any yeah. final thoughts? 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't do that. We, we, we got to go back to the future. Okay. Enough, okay. enough of. So I might have to ask you to read the, the final line, Steve, when when we sign off. Oh my God! Yeah, if you can do that, if you can uh, say the line that I love, I love the line. I think even um, Reagan quoted it in one of his speeches. Which quotes? Oh, where? 
I'm confused. <laughs> mm. Okay. Where I talk about oh. we don't roads. Yeah, if you can say the line. I know the line. Yeah. I'll do it. I'll say it, but I can't okay. do the voice. And then Steve okay. can say it. Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. Yeah. I, I won't I, I won't be replacing him <laughs> at any time in the future. Right. He is Christopher Lloyd. He's perfect. And he's still working because he was on Andor. That's it right. It was nice to see him That's acting. That's right. Yes, right. it was nice Sorry, to I'm... see him pop up again, you know? Mandalorian. Was it, Mandal- was it oh. Man- Mandalorian? Oh, that's, yeah. I was oh, was it? Okay. He was in the Lizzo Jack Black episode. Oh, okay. You're right. Thank you. I've Thank you. It. You're yeah. absolutely right. I'm, I was I was confusing Which him. Which is a great with... episode. I loved mm-hmm. Lizzo and Jack Black together, and we should talk they about had... that some other time. <laughs> Yes, yeah, that was a lot definitely. of fun. Okay, thank you for the correction as to which of the many different there's just so many. Star there's just, Wars it blurs together. Yes, blurs. exactly. Yes. All right. Here yes. we go. But yes, as usual, thank you everyone for a good discussion. I love talking time travel, and uh, yes, I think we definitely need to have a quantum mechanics discussion because I want to talk to someone that actually knows about it. Um. But uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you have questions, comments, or want to suggest episodes for us, you can reach us on our Facebook page, which is amazing. Um, The Big Sci-Fi Podcast on Facebook. Check us out. And remember, where we're going, we don't need roads. Just as long as we remember where we parked. Just remember where you parked. And I just feel bad for those joggers who were just trying to go for a nice jog. And all that stuff happens. That's all I got, everybody. Good night, folks. Coconut.